morning and uh, welcome to worship with uh, New Horizon uh, United Methodist Church in Southwest uh, Ranches in the Southwest area of Broward County in South Florida. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil and I'm glad that uh, we can worship together and share together, sing our praises to God on this great and beautiful day and give our, uh, our worship and our service to God as we uh, share together this day. Welcome, glad you could join us and glad we could share together. Let's join together in song. Thank you. 
Good morning. You may be seated. I'm Pastor Lisa, and I'd like to welcome you this morning, and if you'll bow your heads and your hearts and join with me in prayer. Lord, as we come before you this day, we know that we are welcomed into your presence by your gracious hospitality. Grant us your peace, that we might lay aside our cares and anxieties to concentrate our thoughts on you alone. Open us to your teaching and guidance for living, which we receive through the Holy Spirit. Give us your strength, that we will have the courage to walk with you and follow wherever you lead us. Lord, we trust in your power, even as it is often found in our weakness. We trust in your wisdom, even when it is expressed in seeming foolishness. We trust in your wholeness, even as it comes to us amidst our brokenness. We stand before you this morning, and we've come simply to worship you. We offer our humble praises and our grateful hearts to you. Touch us this day, Lord, sinners that we are, that we might become your saints, your body, your children, your church. For this temple of your spirit is built not upon our own abilities, our own knowledge, our own skills, but upon the gifts and graces you have provided for us in Jesus Christ. And we pray as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
You may be seated. Here at uh, New Horizon, our, our mission and what we're about, uh, we call it 3D. We're about helping people and powering each other to uh, discover the uh, love of God, to develop as disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, and to deploy as missionaries, ministry, uh, people in, uh, in service into the world under the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're here to help people and to encourage each other and to empower each other to discover, develop, and deploy. And in that cyclical journey, as we go through that, sometimes there are moments that need to be recognized, that needed to be held up as part of that discovery and development and deployment process. And so this is what we're doing today for our mission moment. We're going to celebrate uh, some uh, different uh, accomplishments at that time. We have a disciple Bible study group that's going to... Uh, celebrate a, a graduation of, of sorts from their uh, program, and then also uh, graduates from high school that we have been uh, encouraging and, uh, and growing for uh, quite a bit of time. Pastor Lisa is going to lead us in recognizing our disciple group, and then Pastor uh, Peyton is going to uh, lead us with our, our high school graduates. Good morning. So you see we have a nice size group here, right? This group committed to a 32-week Bible study. We survived COVID and kept going. They deserve your applause. <laughs> it sounds like a huge commitment, and honestly, it is. Um, but it is so rewarding, and I hope you'll talk to them, and they'll tell you that. Um, there is no better way than to get to know the Bible than to get to know it for yourself and not have me tell you what it means or Pastor Ray for Pastor Peyton tell you what it means, but you know what it means. And so there is a Disciple One coming up. It will be starting um, in the fall when school starts. Um, so if you're interested, let me know. It's not as scary as you think it is. Look, they all survived and they're smiling. You can't see that under the mask, but they are smiling. So I'm going to say their names as I hand out certificates. If I give you the wrong one, just trade later. <laughs> all righty. Pam Hebb. Can't take Karen's. <laughs> We're going to trade later. <laughs> Candace and Dottie and Christine Klein and Ann Malone. You're going to trade later. Just relax. It's okay. I'm handing them each the wrong certificate. <laughs> and Carrie, which is why I'm struggling with their names because it's different. <laughs> and Dina and Karen and Paul. Bill and David. Congratulations. <laughs> so you're all going to walk this way and come with me to get your pins while the graduates get up. So good morning, good morning. I'm Pastor Peyton, and I have Christine Morales, our Children, Youth, and Family Director. And we have two graduates who got up this morning, and we have a whole list of others. But since Pastor Lisa began with they did, how many weeks did you do, Pastor Lisa? 32. These guys have done four years. <laughs> and even before that, they began training. But really and truly, we joke about this, but they are finishing high school and a time that we have never seen before. Their last two years of high school has been completely different than anything that we could have imagined, and they have survived. 
and they have thrived. So I'm going to invite Christine to come up and tell us a little bit and invite our graduates to share with you and to share the other graduates. We have many who have accomplished much this year. Good morning, everyone. So today we have Nick and Tim with us. Um, they both have helped in every way possible pretty much at church. There isn't a festival um, or a church event without these two here. I don't believe they know the word no in their vocabulary. They're always the first ones to jump in if you're struggling um, and, and you don't even have to ask. So we are going to miss them um, tremendously. We are very blessed though that they are both attending BC um, in the fall. Yeah, so we will have them a little bit longer. Tim was cute last night. He's like, you're not losing me yet. So that's, that's great. He, um, those of you who probably don't know, but he is one of our Sunday school teachers at the 9 a.m. service. And Nick is always here with Nourishing Lives. And they really, truly are um, the hands of God. So anyway, I'll start getting emotional. Do I read? Okay, so we have Kylie Blair, which I saw her mom. Anyway, hi, congrats to Kylie. Um, she is graduating from Cooper City High School. She will be attending um, FAU. We have Sarah Frere, uh, who is graduating Western High School, also attending FAU. Carly Jackson, uh, graduating Cooper City, to be determined. Jacob Custon um, is graduating from American Heritage. He's going to Oberlin College, that I know on a baseball scholarship. Um, Aaron and Oriana, both graduating from Flanagan, attending Broward College. Kristen Smaltino, graduating from Cypress Bay, um, <laughs> attending FSU. And then we uh, have Nick and Tim, again, graduating Western and South Plantation. Uh, Broward College and Tyler Wadsworth graduating from Cypress Bay um, onto Broward College. We have um, some other recognitions and while I do these I'm going to ask Pastor Rafe to make his way up here to pray over our graduates, those who are here and those who are not. But we have some college recognitions, and Amy, you're not gonna get off, just so you know. You're on this list, so your name's gonna be here, and I'm gonna invite you to come join us, please. <laughs> it's just a little warning, so you can, you know, get ready. Um, so graduating from college, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. Graduating from college, we have some students that have grown up in this church, as well as some students who have continued their education. So Katie Paneer has graduated from the University of North Carolina, Doctor of Medicine. And it's really funny, I get emotional because these are my youth kids. They grew up in the church. Um, Aspen Outshorn, University of Central Florida, Bachelor of Marine Science um, with a minor in Environmental Science. Anthony Pasagucci, University of Central Florida, Bachelor of Finance. Kyle Scott, University of Miami, Bachelor of Math, continuing to the University of Central Florida for a master's degree in data science. Amy Vigil, Ohio University, Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Caleb Vigil, Florida State University, Bachelor of Science, currently in a PGA program. Brooke Wadsworth, Florida State University, Bachelor of Communication in Science, and continuing to FAU for a master's in speech pathology. Matthew Whitney, Florida State College, Associate of Arts degree, continuing to McPherson College. And Kristen Wilson, 
finished the Healthcare College of Nursing with an associate's degree in nursing. So we want to congratulate, congratulate, can't even speak. It's amazing that I graduated. Um, all of these who have made these milestones because this is a huge commitment in every state. I mean, you had to go to high school, <laughs> but it was questionable in 2020 and 2021. <laughs> so um, we are so happy to have you all. And so I'm going to invite Pastor Rafe to come and say a prayer over all of our graduates this year. Let us bow our hearts. Most gracious and holy God, we are grateful that you have blessed the congregation of New Horizon with such wonderful people and such wonderful resources, and that you have blessed us with the, um, the gift of coming together and strengthening one another and empowering one another and lifting each other up to, um, to remarkable places of life and of work and of ministry and of service to our community. And so, Lord, we pray a, a, a blessing, a covering of your Holy Spirit on those who stand with us today and those names that we've mentioned, that you just cover them and continue to move them in that journey of discipleship, that journey of following after the way of Christ, that journey of following the way of love, that they can bring their gifts that you have blessed into their lives to others. Lord, we pray that uh, you strengthen them, encourage them, and for those that are scattering around the globe in different places and different places of work, Lord, we, uh, we pray that you draw them into community wherever they are. And may they never be distant from your kingdom community that they've experienced at New Horizon. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the gifts of the relationships that we share. We thank you for the gift of the power of your Holy Spirit that continues to bind these relationships together, even when our culture and our world says to be socially distant and to be apart from one another. Lord, we uh, thank you for the gift of your strength and the power of your love. We thank you for the example that is set before us of those who have diligently worked to study the scriptures, to study in school, and to and to reach moments of, of graduation, but also know that there is something next, there is something more. Lord, give them vision and purpose. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you all so much. All right, well, I have to say thank you to Pastor Peyton because now I'm in trouble because I told my wife her name was just on a list somewhere. <laughs> and she wasn't going to have to do anything, but uh, we are blessed in our household that during COVID, there were a couple of, uh, of college graduations. And I know that many of us, or all of us, feel a blessing because we get to be part of this. There's something in that community, that sense of community, that, that encourages all of us to come together. And I think that Jesus knew and knows that we need that sense of community. We need that which draws us together and puts us together. And so we have this story here where Jesus was actually, I think, trying to find a sense of community, but everybody wanted to interrupt him, disrupt him, and even think he was a little nuts. And this is a story from uh, Mark chapter uh, 3, um, and we're beginning at verse 20. Jesus uh, entered a house. Uh, a crowd gathered again so that it was impossible for him and his followers, even to eat. When his family uh, heard what was happening, 
They came to take control of him. They were saying, he's out of his mind. The legal experts came down from Jerusalem. Over and over they charged, he's possessed. He's possessed by Beelzebul. He, he throws out demons with the authority of the ruler of the demons. When Jesus called them together, he spoke to them in a parable. How can Satan throw Satan out? A kingdom involved in civil war will collapse. And a house torn apart by division will collapse. If Satan rebels against himself and is divided, then he can't endure. He's, he's done for. No one gets into the house of a strong person and steals anything without first trying, tying up the strong person, and then can, and only then can the house be burglarized. I assure you that human beings will be forgiven for everything, for all the sins and insults of every kind. But whoever insults the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. That person is guilty of a sin with consequences that last forever. He said this because the legal experts were saying he's possessed by an evil spirit. His mother and brothers arrived. They stood outside and sent word to him, calling for him. A crowd was seated around him, and those sent to him said, Look, your mother, brothers, and sisters are outside looking for you. And Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Looking around at those seated around him in a circle, he said, look, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother, sister, and mother. Amen and amen. Oh, Lord, help us to discover your will. But more so, Lord, help us to discover who are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen and amen. So Jesus is starting to look a little bit crazy. He's looking like he's a little out of his mind, and people are getting worried. You know, they've, they've come to, you know, kind of control him like you can control Jesus, right? You know, it's sort of like, like you can control a toddler. They're just going to go crazy and do crazy things. But Jesus is starting to look a little crazy. And, and part of the reason how we recognize crazy people is because they get crowds around them, right? Have you ever noticed that some... Uh, some of the craziest people in history just have masses of people that surround them and follow them wherever they go and whatever they tell them to do. I mean, you know, decades ago we had that Jim Jones thing that, ha that happened and crowds followed him and, they, and, and now drinking the Kool-Aid has become a common vernacular in, uh, you know, in, our, in our language. The... It, Sometimes these things just look crazy, and, uh, and the G Jesus is starting to look a little crazy. Crowds are following him. He's doing things that seem a little outlandish and saying things that seem a little outlandish, and, 
His mother's probably worried that he's going to get involved in some sort of cult or some sort of sect kind of thing, right? I mean, what would you do if your child had a Messiah complex? You know, you'd go want to get control of them and, and, and hold on to them and, and hold them close. And so things are getting a little out of control. And Jesus' popularity is growing. It's growing and it's growing and it's growing. The Gospel of Mark moves along very quickly. And so in the, just the preceding verses, all of a sudden this ministry is exploding very fast. And his popularity is growing. He's performing miracles. And people are following him. He's cleansing lepers. Uh, somebody with a withered up hand. He says, stretch it out. And it stretches out. And the hand is good. And he's saying things that seem, you know, like only a crazy person would say. Like, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And your sins are forgiven. And those kinds of things. And, um, and he gathers disciples around him, and he picks 12 special ones, and uh, he tells all of his disciples, hey, I give you authority to go throw out demons. Okay, that's what I give you authority to do. I mean, this is starting to look a bit nuts. Very crazy. He was drawing an uncomfortable amount of attention to himself. A very uncomfortable amount of attention. And there are, there are two groups that are getting very uncomfortable without, about this. His closest relatives and family are getting very uncomfortable because, you know, this is their loved child that's gone off the deep end, it seems like. But also the people of authority, they've come down from Jerusalem. They're getting a bit uncomfortable about all this, too, because he's beginning to disrupt their, their power and their culture and their purpose and their direction and what they're trying to do and so the people he loves the most and love him the most and his uh, accusers are all coming to get him because it's starting to look a little bit crazy and so his family comes to stage this intervention and the intervention fails they were outside looking for him and here's this jesus saying you know I've come for God's kingdom, and God's kingdom is something beyond this world, and it's something out there. This guy's starting to look a little crazy. And his friends and his family and his enemies are thinking he's looking a little bit crazy. But sometimes I wonder if we who follow him are even crazy enough. What catches me is that when this story starts, Jesus comes into a house. He comes into a house, and you can see what he's trying to do by the remark that, that the gospel writer makes. They couldn't even eat. That means that's what Jesus was trying to do. He was trying to get around the table and eat. He had, he had just kind of designated who his 12 disciples would be, his, two, his key disciples. He had a large group of followers that were disciples but his key apostles the 12 he was going to mentor and pour into he had he'd selected those and set them apart he had entered into a house he's trying to have a perhaps a moment of um of community with them and and be at table with them and to share with them and all of a sudden this crowd comes in this crowd comes in and begins to to push and the crowd coming around is beginning to look a little bit nuts it's beginning to look a little bit crazy. Jesus has healed a few people. 
And the crowds are coming and they're pushing in on him. And why? Why are the crowds going to push in on Jesus? There's one very simple answer. People line up for the free stuff. Right? They line up for the free stuff. You know? Jesus is giving out free healing. People are coming for the free stuff. He's taking bread and multiplying it and taking fish and multiplying it. People are coming by the free stuff. In one of the Gospels, they even say that Jesus says, hey, you man, you're not following me because you want the kingdom. You're just following me because you got your bellies full. You know? Jesus knows that people are lining up for the free stuff. That's what they're coming for. You know, oh, he turned water into wine. You know, let's go get some more wine. He's got all this free stuff. Have you ever, this is pre-COVID, have you ever seen the lines at, at Costco pre-COVID? when they're giving out the free samples. You know, people line up for the free stuff and the crowds will push in. And heaven forbid you get in the way of somebody getting their free stuff. You know? Prior to COVID, our culture had gone crazy on Black Friday, right? People lining up for the deals, camping out overnight to get their deal. I mean, it was like, I mean, we don't do that for Jesus even today anymore, do we? Line up and camp out outside to to get that free stuff that Jesus is offering. Following Jesus, following Jesus can look a little bit crazy, and I wonder if we're crazy enough. Because you see, the world, our culture, you know, it idolizes. It idolizes this um, uh, reason but, and, and proof and purpose and reason and, and everything's got to line up and show me how. And, that, and our world loves that. Our culture loves that. And yet, followers of Christ, we're going to say, well, faith, and let's just fall in love with the mystery and, and, and follow something we can't see and, and trust in a power that we can t- can't touch. We can only talk about it in emotive terms. The world out there, our culture out there, will uh, abuse the weak and maybe try to attempt to, to fix the poor and, and fix the problems. But followers of Jesus will embrace and call the poor and the lowly the greatest among us and share together around the table and in fellowship. The world rewards rewards the strongest and the most capable and those who can achieve. And followers of Jesus, we come together and we openly confess our struggles and our weaknesses and our brokenness, and repent of our sin. The world says, you're entitled to hate those who hurt you. You're entitled to get even on those who hurt you. And the followers of Jesus continue to struggle with love your enemies and pray for blessing on those who would hurt you. This Jesus looks a little crazy. The world is scrambling to stock up on as much of the earthly treasures and earthly stuff that we can get. And those who follow Jesus seek to give it away in generous ways to to give it away so that all have. The world's motto is love yourself and try not to hurt others. Try not to hurt your neighbor. But the motto of those who follow Jesus is love your neighbor and in doing so, be willing to sacrifice even a piece of yourself. The world sleeps in on Sundays and goes to brunch and recreation and all kinds of other things 
and we'll crawl out of bed and turn on our computer or our television or even dress up and shower and, and come down to a facility. And if we can find it hidden away, drink the bad coffee. You know? The followers of Jesus look a little nuts. It looks a little nuts. You know, you know, we come together and and we we sing and we give praise to God and we we, we listen to these great and wonderful musicians, but you know what? They're not on the Billboard Top 20. You know? We'll sing with masks covering our faces and we don't know what people are saying. And, and some of us, you know, when we are sharing in worship via the technology in the digital church, we'll even sing and dance around our homes. You know? We'll, we'll come down... Uh, here and uh, at the next service, we'll, we'll, we'll listen to a choir that sings. And in South Florida, when it's 90 degrees outside, they wear these long robes, you know? And, and we light candles and have these pretty flowers, like, you know, we're in some sort of funeral home or something. To, to the outside world, beyond the context, this looks nuts. Following Jesus is a little crazy. You know, come to a room decorated with with children and young people's arts and handmade banners and things like that. I mean, this is, this is not museum quality. It looks a little nuts. It looks a little crazy. The, the crowds following Jesus are, look just as crazy as, as Jesus. The church today looks a little bit crazy. But there's this communion that happens. There's this coming together. Do you remember what Jesus was trying to do? He was trying to come together and have a meal with those who were following him. He wanted to come around the table. Jesus comes to, to the house to come around the table with the residents who are there, with those who are following him, those who would mentor the church can look a little crazy. The followers of Jesus can look a little crazy, but there's this community. We come around the table, and that's what we crave. That's absolutely what we crave. And that's absolutely what we need and, and what we look for. Look around. Look around, uh, and if you're watching, you're sharing digitally, you saw the faces come lining up here. Look, look around. These are our brothers and our sisters. This is the, the community. This is the, the family. This is the community. We, we come around a common table, and we come to serve in a, in a common purpose. And that common purpose, doing the will of God. And the will of God is always, always, always about love. Jesus is offering us and this ex living example of exactly what we need, exactly what we crave, exactly what we're searching for, and that's this sense of community, this holy community, this divine community, this true community. You see, community relationships aren't found in everybody in the group agreeing together. Community relationships aren't found in everybody liking the same stuff. 
everybody liking the, the same decorations or the, the same music. In fact, community isn't even found with everybody being in the same place at the same time. No, the community is found in the table. In the table where Jesus wants to sit and have a moment with you and with me. The community happens in the moment, moments of common purpose. That purpose where we are about doing the will of God and sharing the will of God. And yes, this purpose, it might um, disrupt our lives a little bit. But let's face it, by definition, God disrupts. That's what God does. God disrupts. The ongoing creative power and work of God is a disruption in our life. And disruption pretty much always looks crazy to our cultural sensibilities because our sensibilities say, find comfort, find a place, stay there, stick with it, don't change anything. But God disrupts. In fact, if God, if Jesus Christ is not disrupting and confronting our lives, then the God we worship is a God of our own creation, you know, our own creation to keep us comfortable, not the creator of the universe who is ongoing to the next thing. This crazy disruption offers what we need the most, community and purpose. Community where we come around the table and purpose in the call and the gifting to serve as part of something bigger than us, part of the kingdom. And so I invite you today to come to the table and find community, to come to the table and find purpose, and to follow Jesus, no matter how crazy it might look. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, help us to um, have the courage to follow you no matter how crazy, no matter how disruptive it might be. Help us to hear the good news and to sense the good news and respond in ways that bring community and bring purpose. Amen. Amen. We're going to share in some moments of Holy Communion. If you're worshiping with us in a digital format, I invite you to get some, some bread, some crackers, something, and, uh, and then also a, a, a cup, uh, grape juice, or some other drink uh, that you're sharing today, and let that be your element. And as we all share together in community around the table, those gathered here and those gathering digitally, whenever and however you're sharing, um, we come together as community. We come together around one table, and we come together to share in the gifting of Jesus Christ, giving us this sense of, of binding us together for a singular purpose, the will of God, the will of God to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So I invite you to uh, bow with me as we pray together and consecrate these elements that are here and the elements that you may have with us in uh, as you worship with us uh, at home or from wherever. Most gracious God, we come together 
um, seeking community, seeking to come together, seeking the, the relationships. And Lord, it's a struggle during this time because uh, we're so used to actually physically being in the same place at the same time, and yet our, war, our lives are scattered. And even in the midst of this uh, recovery and coming out of pandemic and having vaccinations and all those kinds of things, Lord, there is still a fear and there's a trembling and there's a how do I do this and what do I do that and, and too big a crowd here and not enough of a crowd there. And so, Lord, in the midst of all of that confusion, in the midst of all that surrounds us in this world, we ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to enter in and to draw us into community through the holy mystery of this sacrament of communion where we commune with you and with one another. Lord, as we share in the bread, we recognize and remember and feel and sense the power that this is the, the body of Jesus Christ that is broken on our behalf, sacrificed on our behalf, that, that we might feed on it and be thankful and have life. We recognize that Jesus gave us this bread and said, this is my body at that last meal that he shared with those who would follow him. And to those who would follow him around that table, he lifted up a cup and he, he gave thanks to you and he gave it to those who would follow. And he, he said, take and drink. This is, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And Lord, it sounds a little crazy. But in faith, we we take and we drink and we remember and we recognize and we sense the power that, that our sins are forgiven. That there is new life and new hope within us. And we share this bread and this cup around the table recognizing that we're in communion with those that we are presently sharing with and with your church that we are connected with in so many different ways and with the global community of faith. And so, Lord, let your spirit move across the elements that we share in, across the bread and the cup, that they may truly be for us the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And as outlandish and crazy as that sounds, Lord, we trust in it. We believe in it. We, we lean into it, Lord, because we crave the communion. We crave the purpose for our lives. And so, Lord... Move among us. Let us rise up from this table with the assurance that we are connected to your community and that we are given new life so that we might serve in your kingdom with love. Let this crazy mystery be real to us this day, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you worship this day, I invite you now to uh, receive the bread, to lift up the bread wherever and however you're sharing, whenever this happens, and eat. 
feet on your hearts and be thankful. Know that this gift is given to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And as you uh, share with whoever you're sharing with, I invite you to lift the cup and to offer it to each other. To say, this is the blood of Christ. Poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. Drink, drink this. And remember that your sins are forgiven. And that the grace of Christ is real. gather around the table to gather with you and to share. Lord, in the hustle and bustle and busyness and the crowds and the things that crowd us in our lives, often it is easy for you to be pushed out as crazy or expendable, but Lord, we we want to be at that table with you. We want to share with you and feel your power and your presence. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to be followers, that you've offered us your body and your blood, that you've given us life and given us hope in this and in some mystical and mysterious way in the midst of social distancing and COVID and worshiping digitally and presence you know, all at the same time, in some mystical and wonderful and miraculous way, we are together as the community, as the body of Christ, lifted up so that we can be that body of Christ, offering love to a hurting world. Lord, we thank you for the gift of community and the gift of purpose that fills us. Amen. want to invite you to uh, join together as uh, we sing, sing about how awesome our wonderful God is. How many of you know that God is awesome?
great. and the assurance that this crazy Savior you follow is absolutely awesome. Go now with the blessing of community and purpose and share God's love. Amen and amen. My God is-